It's alright, we're just gonna, we're gonna keep rolling. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Actually Like. Today, I got, I got Mr. Giggles on my lap. No, we're vibing. Um, once again, we are outside in the fort, and uh, earlier, there was a house on fire, and an ice cream truck just drove by, and it was playing this music, and so if you hear an ice cream truck, first off, it's not helping at all. Like they are not. They no, they're no. they're getting in the way of the actual oh, fire truck. Like, <laughs> and guys, also, look at me. let's get some ice cream instead of <laughs> fix this issue that we're having with the fire. It's also ironic because it's like, oh, is your house hot? Do you need to cool down? Like, how about some ice cream? Look what we got for you. I know. <laughs> um, today I got Peter Gerges, the yes. goat. Ah, uh, dude, I appreciate you, man. Mr. Giggles, also, that's my. No, that's just coming. You know, I feel bad for calling you Mr. Giggles now. Nah, you were. Like, that's pretty close to my last well, name. We'll go with it. <laughs> Peter G Giggles. Um, no, we're vibing because, you know, I'm trying to think of, I was trying to think of which intro question I ha ask you, right? But then we ended up just eating canes outside, yeah. which was already goaded. And then we watched the Spider-Man 3 scene where my man is like it feels good yes. and so i was i didn't know if i should ask you what spider-man is the best oh, or what's man. the best cane or like what's the best canes order Ooh. so i don't know if you want to pick you can Why but go ahead no, all right no, man I'll let the people the know you say the best canes order for someone my body demographics my bmi yeah it's a three finger combo reason is it fills you up you have no no leftovers okay sort of any sort of sort, and everything is fine and dandy. You're not too stuffed, perfectly content. Can't do Caniac or Box Combo, though. So no, it's too much sauce. Too much, too much, bro. Like, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> Are you, and you're not a slaw guy, I'm assuming, then. No, 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 I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just try to keep it light and keep it simple, I guess. I don't know. That's just kind of how it is for my Kane's order. But for Spider-Man, that's pretty tough. Because my opinion, Tobey Maguire is still the best Spider-Man. Yeah. Mean, if I know some Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland fans out there, they can like, at me in yeah, the comments. Oh yeah, I, Go ahead. I mean, come at me, bro. Like, fight me on Twitter. But no, like, definitely for me, I really loved. Like, even though there's a lot of criticism, mm -hmm. Spider-Man Three, hundred percent. Spider-Man Three. Hold on, you're saying that's the best Spider-Man movie, or just him in Spider-Man Three is the best Tobey Peter Maguire. Peter Parker? I'd say, if it's like. In terms of overall Spider-Man movie, I would not say Spider-Man 3. Okay. <laughs> but in terms of Tobey Maguire's movie, in terms of what he's put in, I'd say Spider-Man 3 for sure. Okay. In terms of overall, I really liked No Way Home. Okay. That one was really good. They did some cool stuff in yeah, that, they, yeah. I really liked it a lot. I know like some people probably have like similar answers to it. It might be like a cliche answer, but I really, I really enjoyed it. it yeah. It was really good. So. And, uh... You know what? Maybe we'll talk about it in the second podcast. Oh, Shout out. Yeah, y'all oh. forgot. I have two podcasts. <laughs> Crazy. Also, they might be towing a car right across from us. So that's fun. <laughs> Go Falls. Whatever. Big orange screw. <laughs> Big orange. Yeah. I mean, also, while we're recording this, we walked by a group of people tenting outside of the standard question yep, mark. Yep, yep. So we'll have someone on in housing trying to explain all that stuff for the lucky viewers out there but we got other stuff to talk about today i'm actually pretty excited i've wanted to have you on since Appreciate it, mm, april march maybe oh, i don't even know um 
just because of the, the the journey you've been on this past year. It's been absolutely unreal. <laughs> yeah? You've been with my five months time, too, to reignite and everything. I appreciate it. Yes, I was saying pre-ignite. I'm saying, like, you've done MK. What? Oh, yeah. You've done other random stuff. You were studying harder than I think, like, anyone has. <laughs> which is insane. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was on a hell of a time, for sure. Glad we made it out alive. <laughs> you did, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But yes, real sir. fast, yes, sir. what is what is your major, and like, what does an average day look like for you? Alright, so um, major is neuroscience, and like, for me, this for this specific semester, an average day is uh, kind of get swifty with the boys the night before, wake up kind of hungover and everything, go to biochem class. This is every day. And this is every day. Oh, okay. I, I'll be honest with you, Patty, and for all the viewers or the listeners out there, they're gonna listen to this absolute <laughs> monstrosity I'm about to put on this oh god <laughs> this is about to not be family friendly is it Peter <laughs> drinking every night oh my gosh either if I have not been drinking that night I've been smoking dude oh my gosh <laughs> my liver is on its last limb right now and it's uh it's it's all good I got some pe- <laughs> pe- light <laughs> and everything I'll be fine but um in all seriousness like you got a biochem class and probably go to Cane's right after and then come back take like a fat nap like two three hours like every day it's kind of bad I, yeah. I, I don't, my sleep schedule has been kind of messed up I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> wake up hate, hate the world for about 30 minutes and then kind of grind out some homework and then I'm like gym gym and then I gym? go gym Pump, back, 11 p.m. Jim. I get Swifty again. Jeez. <laughs> and then I repeat the cycle <laughs> okay this is also your senior Yes. So I, one, yes, legally yes. allowed to drink. Yes. Two, not a typical class load for someone in neuroscience. <laughs> like, like a junior going through oh, God, neuroscience. Oh, not, not the same. Absolutely not. No. I I took all the hard prerequisites and everything, and like the courses that I'm in now already have like a good foundation and base from from like the previous courses I took over the past three years. So everything is pretty. Not it's pretty old to me. It's not like new material per okay. se. It's just more like an add-on to whatever I'm doing. Expanding so the knowledge. Yeah, basically. Um, that's really what this semester is. And then I had actually had an advising appointment a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and the classes I have for next semester probably will be the easiest classes I'll ever have in college. So, so you put in the time. Yep, I did. And so it's been work hard, play hard. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. paid off. That's fine. Paid off. So everyone who's listening. It's not just play hard 24-7. Like, you had to do a lot of work. I remember I would, I would like, come into where we worked together, and I, I swear you were, like, black-holed into your work. My man would, like, he'd have headphones on. I'd be like, what's up, Peter? And he would just, eyes, like, wide open. I don't think he blinked. I'm pretty sure you just <laughs> stared at the book and the screen oh and just, like, absorbed all the knowledge. Dude, it- yeah, I kind of just, like, shut myself out during those times. I was just, like, so immersed into studying. And, and like, what Patrick's referencing to is when I had to study for the MCAT during that time. But, like, <clears throat> during that, it was super brutal because the amount of information I had to learn, like, it was 300 pages of worth of information. And each, and it was a bullet point saying, like, know what the cell does. Know, like, how organelles work. Mm-hmm. super basic and general questions that have so many overarching concepts that you don't honestly know what could be thrown at you on the exam day. Right. You will never know enough for the test. So that's why I was like, you know, literally turned into a black hole, 
just suck all that information in me and just throw it out onto the test and hope for the best. And it, it, it did work out. Yeah. That's, I know, like, you got the, the bar, whatever the do- lawyers have to take. And yeah. then you got, you know, every, every like, yeah. person who gets certified. Like, like, the MCAT, though, it's its own breed. Oh, yeah. It's, like, the MCAT is considered, I think, like, what, when I looked over this, is, like, top five hardest exams in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, extremely difficult for a reason. It's called the, you know, almighty equalizer among all pre-meds for, like, all colleges across the nation. But, like, the MCAT was actually revised in 2015. Before that, it was about as hard as your regular ACT essay okay. type, type of exam. And then the test makers thought it was like, too many people are doing too good on this. Because God forbid we have more yep. doctors. Yep, you God know. forbid, you know, fuck the physician shortage. <laughs> let's make it way worse to become a physician. <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, let's add these um, sections where it's like research-based and like you have to know more about critical analysis and also have a good understanding of knowledge. So you have to develop all these skills and stuff and it's, it's it, it was a tough time for sure just because like I remember coming back before I even did homework for classes I would literally be like all right I gotta do my flashcards gotta memorize these three hundred things uh-huh. and then I can do whatever homework I need to do because because again <laughs> it's just three hundred doctor related topics like it's not even it's not even in the area you want to like practice in right it's just like yeah, yeah. oh here's organelles here's chemistry right you had physics stuff on there too which i was like let's get it (laughs) love the physics i gotta shout out my boy patty hopefully i wish he was there on my exam day i had 28 physics questions (laughs) but yeah it was just like random it was just a lot of information about random subjects regarding a lot of random topics and stuff so it'd be like your organic chemistry biology biochem um chemistry physics as patrick mentioned a lot of psychology and sociology mm. too, which oh, we'll I, get really, there. I really, I really get there. That. I'll, I'm, I got some yeah, questions for course. you. Yeah, I'd love to hear them for you. Yeah, that section was really interesting when I had to learn about it. I was like, I remember talking to Patrick sometimes about like sociology and everything, and like bring up some concepts with him. But it's that, and then critical analysis and reasoning skills, which is basically the ACT reading on steroids. That was mm. the worst thing ever because I'm just like I. English is not my first language, so reading comprehension as a whole and like me being as an ESL student didn't really help me a lot, especially when I grew up as an adult and like had to read these professional papers and stuff about boring topics. I'm like, yeah, I can't focus on this. So, yeah, that was just the main gist for it. I mean, I'm glad we uh, we got that out of the way. That was a four month ordeal of studying. And how long is the actual test? Because you say ACT on steroids, yeah. and I feel like it's probably way longer than the ACT. So, yes, yeah, so if you include the breaks, which is two 15 minute breaks and a 30 minute break. Test is about seven hours and fifteen minutes long. That's a school day. Yep, that is indeed a school day. So right when you get there at eight a.m., you get out about three o'clock. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so. So for people who are trying to study. Yes. What What do you even say? Because like again, ACT you could just do your science and your like whatever, and you know you got ninety minutes for each, and you can be hanging out, having a great time. That's true. That is a marathon. That's not a race. Yeah. That is like a mental war with itself. Yes, yes. I mean, like in terms of tips on how to have good endurance for a test that long specifically, I would just say practice tests and exact testing conditions. I remember I did seven practice tests throughout, the, throughout those four months, and I would do it exactly how the testing center would do it where it's like you get you check in 
wear it. I wore the exact same outfit and ate the exact same breakfast on every practice, practice test, test to literally like you know simulate like the actual testing experience and all that. And that really helped because I was not nervous on testing day. I was like, whatever happens, happens, you know. So did um, you like also practice for like? Oh, I you know I was overthinking it and I didn't bring a pencil. Like, did you practice the panic or uh, like? Yeah, I mean like, because something's always got to go wrong. Like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was it wasn't more like if it was in the middle of a test or something, and I would like freak out for a question or whatever. I would do like a quick like five second breathing exercise really quick mm. to kind of put myself back in the pace and hey, yo. Um, and like. I know, like, Patrick, I know he, like, mentioned mindfulness and stuff and everything. And I actually did, like, search up some, like, online resources regarding meditation and mindfulness and stuff. And I tried to incorporate that between breaks for, like, MCAT setting and, and like, the day before a practice test. Yeah. So I would make sure, like, okay, I'll be fine. Whatever happens, happens. It's not the end of the world. It's a score. The score does not define me. I mean, like, I can take the test again. But obviously, I just want to get it once and done because it, it just, it really is a draining test. So. And But it doesn't end there either because you've had... As soon as that ended, you're like, oh, med school applications, oh, great. Oh, don't even get great. me started on that, man. <laughs> don't even get me started on that. I mean, yeah, like, I thought I was good with the MCAT, and honestly, I didn't have enough, like, research on the whole med school app process. Well, that's like, why you're here now yeah, to help the people yeah, up sir, here. Yes, sir, yes, sir. So, after the test, I took it in April, got my score in May, and on May 3rd, I think that's when the AMCAS, which is the... American Medical College, Medical College mm. Application Service. That's when it opened up, but you're able to submit it for the first day on May 31st. So after the test, I was like, okay, I have to do all this, and I was like, I don't think it would be too bad. Nope, absolutely, absolutely wrong. Right. I had to do, I had to write these descriptions about like all my extracurriculars and like write a story and how it was meaningful to me, my personal statement, letter yeah. of recommendations, like, and the fees. The fees were the worst. I've spent probably around three thousand dollars just on, on the process, not even oh the test, man. not even the test on the process. The test was like three fifty, I think. So it just adds up. But like, already, I mean, I'm good now. I'm chilling. I'm buzzing. I was gonna but. say, like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I hope people aren't like aren't getting discouraged from yeah. it because it's like I'm assuming if if you've done all the studying, yeah, yeah. you've taking all the classes you are applying all these things like you know you want to do it yeah so now it's just getting to the finish line right like exactly. the money the money is definitely scary and i think that could definitely be a barrier and there's 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 a lot of studies i could cite there yeah. but like at at this point there's no turning back for you like exactly. you know for sure 100 percent, i'm committed to it and like kind of bouncing off on your on your point like the reason why it was three thousand dollars is because i applied to around 30. okay so it was it added up pretty fast and i would say the average applicant that's not neurotic like me just needs to apply to probably 15. Okay. So, and there's also this thing called the fee assistance program regarding like the AAMC, which is the main organization that runs all the medical schools. Um, they give you 20 schools for free that you oh. can apply to oh, if okay. you're eligible. For yeah. It. But a lot of people are actually eligible for it because of the, of the distribution they have regarding it. So I didn't know about it, unfortunately, because I'm like the first one in my family. I'm from an immigrant family, so yeah. we don't have we don't have anyone in like healthcare except my mom, but she deals with like medical coding and billing, nothing sure. like the physician route and stuff. So I had to learn everything from online resources. Like, man, I already paid this much. I wish I had applied for the fee assistance program, but when I looked back at it and like saw the intervals, I was like, maybe I, I would have been eligible for it to be honest. But um, it's all good now. You know, had all the all the fees completely done but the that was pretty bad but the the part that 
really was very draining. It made me even reconsider. I was like, yeah, the MCAT wasn't even bad compared to this part. During the application process, it was called secondaries. Secondaries are individualized essays from each school that they send you. And every school sends it to you as long as you send your primary application in. And it's around two to three essays, about three to five hundred words. And you have to tailor it to the, like, to the school. School. So you can't just copy and paste can't it. copy and paste. I'm sure they get a lot of ones that are copy and paste. Yeah, and, yeah. If you have and like and a they lot of weed those out them. immediately. Yep, exactly. So my advice for people that are applying is definitely have your secondaries tailored to the school. So do like 10 minutes of research, 15 minutes of research. It doesn't even have to be that long. Find something specific in the school program that you really resonate with. Dab it on there on, on your secondary sure. and everything. And then, you know, make it look like you're keenly interested in how you want to mature and grow as a person through, through the college and stuff. But secondaries that was all of july i literally woke up did essays went to bed mm-hmm. and, and like obviously the gym and stuff but like <laughs> obviously <laughs> of course yeah okay, okay, i gotta make time for it but that was just my main ordeal that i had to deal with but um it's not i'm not saying this to like discourage anyone or anything like that it's it's a journey but a very fulfilling journey you'll learn a lot more about yourself and how much the process needs from you but you you grow exponentially yeah. Really like the MCAT taught me so many things on how to study and become like more an analy- analytical thinker and everything. And I actually appreciated like what it taught me and like put me into that state of like franticness. But I'm, I've been chilling now ever since. And you know, I've been using those, those skill sets. So yeah, it's my journey. It's been your journey. And uh, you just mentioned something that I think is like, what, like another thing I really want to talk about. Yeah, um, for sure. This journey began like a long time for you because I remember reading over some of your personal statements yeah, um, yeah. and like why you want to become a doctor yeah. and in particular you're going into uh, dermatology, um, dermatology yeah. even though you're neuroscience, yeah. which not sure what the connection is there, <laughs> yeah, but um, like you you want to like what was that story? Yeah, if you don't yes. mind sharing. So kind of like like my why medicine type of story. My mother was diagnosed with vertigo say probably my senior year in high school in the summer and during that time like on that night uh, she was like you know super okay. <laughs> she, was, she was like switching back and forth like out of consciousness and stuff and I've never seen her in a state like that because I like you obviously like saw my mom like my mother as like a role model and she's like super strong and very resolved with everything and just seeing her in a state like that made me like you know crumbled down and mm. I just felt very weak and I couldn't do anything with like the skill set I had and I just like it's like wish I could have done more during that situation and that opened me into the world of healthcare because when the EMT came by and like showed us like compassion and kindness and helped my mom to to the state where she is now I was like very thankful for it and I was like I want to give back I want to help those people that you know are in those states of just like despair and depression yeah. and they can't do anything about it so that made me into healthcare but the reason why I want to do like a doctor route, like a physician route, is actually through like a specific patient interaction I had a couple of years back. It was with this patient named Sama, and Sama had uh, his son. I think he was six or seven years old, and he came from Egypt. When when I talked to him, he came from Egypt a couple months prior um, to America and everything, and he was struggling with the culture there and wasn't able to have like a good translator or anything yeah. like that. And he was just struggling with the culture shock. And like when I tried to talk, when I spoke to him in Arabic and everything, he was like super happy and like very expressful. He was like, you know, I felt like 
a little sense of burden is gone when I whenever I talk to you because I feel like that piece of home is, yeah. is with me when, when during that interaction. And during that, I reflected on it. I was like, you know, I want to help those people that are like underprivileged or you know just don't have like a sense of like community or anything like that. Where like same thing with Sam, where he felt like he had no one per se whenever mm-hmm. I talked to him. But um, through our conversation, I kind of just learned a lot more about myself and then obviously through Ignite and all that kind of rekindled those experiences too so I was like okay you know I want to pursue being a physician so yeah well thank you for for being vulnerable and sharing that with me there um I think we we talk a lot about at least in my area of of work um how representation matters and how seeing yourself either in screens or on books or in teacher roles matter um you said already that you're your first language is not English. It yeah. is it's Arabic. It's Arabic. Yeah. Um, and in, even in your personal essay, you mentioned how like important it could be to a little kid to have a doctor that looks like you that that speaks Arabic. Like, what is what do you think that means to like as you keep as you face these challenges, like knowing that one day you could have a huge impact on someone like you did with Sammy. I think it's more of you know something that definitely needs more awareness on and shows how impactful it can provide to a lot of people like I remember when I was a kid sometimes going to the doctor offices my parents would you know have this like anxiety or fear or, like nervousness yeah. especially whenever we went to like doctors that were not like us they didn't know the culture that we sure and, like what we resonated with regarding like medicine and everything because if you I, when I went to Egypt and whenever I went to like a pharmacist um, with my dad because my dad needed a medication of some sort the interaction between my dad and the pharmacist was completely different and it was just like and it was super apparent um, compared to like the interactions I had seeing my parents go through through healthcare medicine and how you know I was like oh yeah you know all these doctors are white you know rich class high SES sure. type of things you know it kind of like that stereotype but that was just me as a kid well, you you, know, what's kinda, SES? Uh, social, socioeconomic status okay thank uh, you yeah. no you're good so like those types of variables, I was like, okay, they're given to those doctors. Right. There's no way I could become a, you know, a doctor. Considering like, like maybe they're becoming yeah, doctors because yeah. they're bored and they didn't want to go to law school. Yeah. Like, yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> it was just more of like, oh, there's this huge financial barrier. And my parents were not like, you know, they were facing a lot of financial struggles sure. at the time. So medicine was definitely something that didn't spray across my mind. But now that I'm like, I've gone through this path and where I am today. I can see how important it is to be a role model for those individuals that may think, oh, I can't become a doctor or right. I can't pursue medicine. And I just try to provide that outlet to them and be like, you definitely can do it. If mm-hmm. I can do it, you can do it. You know, yeah. Things, so. You know, I, I love how you want to be a role model, but you started off the episode saying how every every night you get absolutely schlaged. And it's all right. You're not in, you're not uh, in uh, yeah. a hospital yes, yet. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't know about baby if your doctor, uh, if your doctor is, is uh, swaying a little, oh maybe he shouldn't God. operate oh. on you. No, no, I was like, I kind of made a bow to myself. It's like once, once, Everything is finalized. <laughs> I have to matriculate in the medical school. I'm cut matriculate. Risk. Yeah. What is that word? <laughs> what? So we, it's not. So there's a difference between acceptance and matriculation. Okay. And acceptance is you obviously got accepted to the school. Matriculation means you're going to the school. Okay. So I've been accepted mm. to a DO school, which is Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. Okay. That's what the DO stands for. 
but I have not matriculated to it yet. I have okay. not committed my matriculation where I will like plan to go there in November. Yeah. Because I'm st- it's still early in the cycle, and I'm waiting for a couple more. I have like six other, you know, five other interviews still I have to do. So I'm just waiting on those decisions, and then I'll probably make a decision probably by mid March. Okay. So. Um, there's a lot of like as, as someone who's not in the field, I've always wondered. So you have those two words, you know, you're accepted to matriculation. Yeah. And then there's residency yes, or, or like yes. how, okay. So what, what are like the steps that you still have to take oh boy. for someone? I'm sorry. If <laughs> no, this no, is, you're good. You're good. You know, we're doing great on time, no. but if this is going to take another two hours, like I'm going to have to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> no, you're fine. So I'll give a quick rundown basically okay. of like my four years of medical school. So first two years, a lot of just biology, path, like pathology type of stuff, anatomy. You learn more about the human body disease and stuff like that. That's okay. your first two years. Um, at the end of your second year, you take this exam called Step One. Oh, there's another test. Great. Yes, yes, and that's Step One is considered easier than the MCAT, but harder in terms of amount of information you have to know. It's less critical analysis and more rote memorization. Okay. So if you have a good memory, you'll be okay. Me- yeah, you'll be fine. Um, but the thing about it now is it's pass fail, so that means you don't even. Oh. Yeah, so okay. you don't even need to find like a certain score for residency and stuff. You'll be fine just passing the exam. As long as you pass, you'll be fine. So that's at the end of the second year. And then, I'm not sure. I think it might be between third and fourth year. Third year is when you start you doing your clinical rotation. So that means you'll do like your 12-week block with primary care, okay. four-week block with like OBGYN, four-week block with anesthesiology. You get exposed. So you, to you try it all. Yes. And yes. then, because like in their eyes, you still aren't just one thing yet, right? Yes. They they're want you to know it all so that... Exactly. Especially, like, especially if you're, like, you're an ER or something, like, you can know, yep. oh, yeah, I we did this yep. earlier. Okay, yep. that and, makes sense. And it's a it's a good thing, too, because you get all this exposure, like, well, I wanted to do dermatology originally, and then you do dermatology. You right. do the uh, dermatology block, and you're like, this I ain't do it. this. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I'm more interested in internal medicine. So, right. you, like, you kind of do that. But the thing with third year is that every block, regardless of what the specialty is, you'll be graded on. And those grades are used for your residency application, so... You have to bring your A game essentially to run okay. the entire, entire M3 year. But at the end of M3, you have to take another exam called Step 2. Okay. Step 2 is used for residency in terms of residency placement and scores. I think they're trying to make it pass fill. Right now, it's not pass fill. It's a okay. great system. I think it's out of 260 something. The higher the score, the more specialized you can do. So, like, if you want to do plastics, neurology, dermatology, orthopedics, you have to score. That's those in in the medicine's eyes. Those are the highest, yes. like most specialized. Because the reason why they're the highest is that they're the most complex, best lifestyle. Okay. For some, for some, for, for some, not for all of them, um, and very good compensation. Those are those are the three. So you three. said so you said they're orthopedics, it's orthopedics dermatology, dermatology, plastics, plastics uh, neurology, neurology, and then PM&R, which is a couple of three things: is pathology, internal medicine, radiology. Okay. So. so is everyone else just like slacking compared to them or so like if you it's more like each specialty has its own challenges and difficulties but the one those specialties that I just named out are the ones that have to deal with these extraordinary extremely rare rare things cases, okay you see in the news and right stuff like that. the Grey's Anatomy yeah, yeah it's like which more, is, is all cap yes. but, <laughs> but I would <laughs> I would say the other specialties that weren't mentioned mentioned are like the ones that you have like your daily type of cases type of things and they're extremely important too because you know 
primary care physician. One thousand percent, yeah. Uh, very, you know, extremely important. So, regardless of what specialty you'll do, you'll provide an extremely big benefit to society and all that. Um, but that's basically done with testing. M four, which is your last year, is an extremely chillier, depending uh -huh. on what you do. If you do a competitive specialty, it won't be a chillier. It'll be done with publications and stuff. But if you're doing like primary care, it'll be a relaxing year. You can take vacations and stuff. But at the end of M four, residency applications are due. Residency applications are very interesting because ninety percent of their interviews are sent out the first two weeks. Okay. So after the first two weeks, if you don't hear anything, uh oh, yeah, yeah. Type, type of thing. Um, and then obviously you get placed, and there's a thing called match day for M four students. Oh, it's like sorority yeah, bidding. It's like sorority bidding. Oh exactly. my goodness! It's like, oh my god! Yeah! Oh my god! I got matched in my number one program. Like you know that type of thing. So that's that's match day and. Uh, a lot of happy faces, a lot of sad faces, too. Not a lot of people um, are happy with their matches because these residency programs, you have these M4 students that are applying to 80, 90 residency programs because of how selective they are. They're across the country. So if right. you're thinking of or, you know, having a family with, with, your, with your wife, Joe or some shit like that, and you're going to go to L.A., and she's got a good job opportunity, and that's where you think you'll match because you're in New York when yeah. you match on, on, on match day and everything. It just, it, it's tough and all that, so. That's basically the gist of medical school. There's a lot more residency. Sound, yeah. It's <laughs> a yeah. lot more, but I think we can, we can save that for like another time. I mean, it's a really quick rundown, three to seven years based on your specialty. More complex specialties have longer residencies, and then you can have the chance to do a fellowship, which is something you want to subspecialize in. Okay. So that's basically it. And then you become an attending, which is an official physician. You get that big bucks. Uh huh. That's that's when you become. And a then doctor you doctor. you pay off all the debt. Yep. That and you've been you saved. Take your boards and stuff like that. So much. Yeah. So okay. Much. Yep. That's the whole process. Yeah. In a nutshell. In a I mean, nutshell. I'm. The charity that I'd like to announce and I fully support is East Tennessee Children's Hospital, specifically with Volathon under the university. I feel like their goal and like what everything they're trying to do in terms of providing more awareness and support for the children at the hospital really is like super impactful considering they're young. So yeah, I'd like to shout out that charity. Me too. They always taking donors. I think there's going to be some more charity stuff coming too. Yep. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, go balls, and now we're going back to the actual episode. Someone earlier on in the season talking about um, she had a chronic pain, mm -hmm. um, like diagnosis, um, CRPS, or, or I can't remember it. Um, but like, it's always unpredictable. Like you can, there's you can be the most prepared person in the world. You could be Doctor Strange and like something the not yeah, pre yeah, yeah. pre magic, yeah, yeah, like yeah, actual yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah. Um, and then something can still go wrong. You can be studying and, you know, like, there's always something that, like, we can't control. But, like, yeah. you can control your study habits. You can control yeah. you. Um, I'm not going to, you know, give the the optimistic, like, oh, yeah, you can always be smiling. Because, like, this is it's still a hard field. And, like, I think it's, it's realistic to know that there's going to be high highs and there's going to be low lows with it. Um, and so you just got to find that reason why you keep going, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's why finding that passion for medicine, if you truly want to do it, is extremely important because you'll be riding on that passion for the rest of your life. And you'll, you'll have that passion fulfilled like throughout medical school and stuff whenever you actually do hands-on clinical experience right. and stuff like that. Um, and 
I, I, I liked how you mentioned that point where, you know, it's always unpredictable with, regarding medicine because it really is. I think they have a saying where it's like 90% of cases you can predict, 10% you won't. And because it's always something new and different and unique and every human body is different. So uh-huh. In some sort of nuanced way, whether it be bio- biologically based or anything like that. So you have to consider those factors and you always have to basically be on edge the entire shift you're there at the hospital. From the start you clock in until the time you clock out, you have to be on edge because it could be something unpredictable. Right. So that's that, but I'm honestly excited for it. Very fulfilling experience. Like from the time I've been doing like medical assistant work and certified nursing assistant work, uh-huh. working with physicians and stuff, I, I mean, I'm excited for it. So. Yeah. Quick question, how comfy are the scrubs? Are they? Oh man, I, I, are, sl- I have slept in the shift. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've heard they're either extremely uncomfortable really? or they're the best thing you've ever worn in your life. They must have had a bad brand. I mean, I'd like to think it's- Yeah, wearing them Gucci's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Gucci scrubs. There's the Grey's Anatomy scrubs. I oh, tried them on, they're pretty bad. Okay. Infinity, if people want to get scrubs, Infinity's the best. Infinity Stone. Infinity oh. is pretty expensive, like, you will be wearing it's like cloud pajamas like it's okay. honestly it feels so good you don't want to do work you don't want to do anything when you're when you're in them you just want to s- sleep and that's why you see a lot of physicians just go to bed with their scrubs on yeah this is just so comfortable okay yeah, so. switching into my yes my our connection yes um because you mentioned this earlier and i think this is just is this is fun for me here okay. um the connection between mental health psychology social work and doctors your area of expertise because you would you you would seriously ask me like like hey sociology like hey what is what is this um there's some things i wanted to just touch on briefly that you've brought up already um if that sounds good with you if you want to if you want to drink some of your uh (laughs) canes uh, eyes empty of course okay cultural competency yes is the topic that we preach all the time in social workers because there are so many different peoples and cultures and backgrounds and you can't just have a one-size-fit-all approach and i'm sure it's the same thing with medicine because someone is going to have different values everyone's going to have different languages everyone's going to have different things going on in their households that you can't even just like prescribing medicine um it might be common sense for like someone from my background to just you know go to walgreens and do something but another one might not trust doctors and that's something that like cultural competency you got to know that you have to approach each case differently that's pretty pretty accurate yeah yeah yeah, no that is a very accurate statement um and that's why sometimes like when i worked as a medical assistant my doctor would be like give me the demographics of this patient like tell me everything about them like you know their job like their culture like where where they're what they're doing you know you know, like very superficial questions that could give them him more insight on who they are as a person, uh-huh. but not overarching where it's like stereotyping. Too oh, 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 yeah, okay, just sorry. like too personal and it's like too much. But yes, yeah, stereotyping as well, and have like these preconceived notions or biases ahead of time, and it won't work out and stuff like that. And also brings up the the point of like ethics too. Yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ethical dilemmas too. With Yes, because um, you'd be telling me some of them, and I'd be like, this is bogus, yep, yep. but I can't do anything about it exactly. because I'm not a doctor. Yes, exactly. um, and so, I, I mean, I can just list off a few that we've had to study mm-hmm. because IRB and your guys' governing board, like, we both have ethics, but we, like, agree to different codes, which is yes. interesting it is. because physical health and mental health 
is is a lot of the same. Um, yeah. I've said it once in the show. I've said it a lot. It's the I don't know if I told you this yet or not. The um, the mental is the somatic, and the somatic is the mental. I don't think you have told. I have not told you that yet. But like, if you're about to go to bed, and you start thinking about your test tomorrow, your heart rate's gonna go up. You're gonna start getting worried. You're gonna start like bad things are gonna happen. You could go and say, "Oh, you're feeling worried because your heart rate's up." Or your heart rate's up because it, that's what I'm saying. Yes, it's it's yeah. the one and the same. It's yes. that everything is connected. That yes. your your mind is your body and your body is your mind. Yes. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like we we have different governing boards, but we have the same ideas. Like we're trying to help people, yeah. but how do we do it? Ethics don't always overlap. Yes. Um, yes. It's I'm in a bioethics class actually. Right. Now. We were learning about this case regarding a Jehovah's Witness. And okay. Their child was 17, and they needed a blood transfusion. Otherwise, they would die. Uh huh. And according to their religion, you can't get a blood transfusion. So there was this battle essentially between the parents and the physician, because the physician is under the principle of beneficence, which is like I have to have all my resources provide to this patient. Okay. Give them as much resources to extend and prolong their life. And that also brings up another ethical question, because like if you can prolong their life, is their quality of life going to decrease? You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but. It was it was an interesting component or like case to look at because they talked about autonomy, like mm-hmm. patient autonomy and stuff, and they were wondering it's like, well, he, you know, this patient is seventeen, not eighteen, can't make his own decisions legally. So he, yeah. So he's under his parents' discretion, and the parents said no, but he said yes. He okay. Yeah. But ultimately, he didn't get it. It was just like a very upsetting case to kind of look at it, especially from like my side and how you want to help every individual uh-huh. even though that cultural competency kind of like essentially restricts you in a way well like not cultural comp- comp- competency <laughs> i got you you're good. Yeah, yeah. you're good it's that it's that just cultural barrier just because the way they think their perspective is correct and you can't argue with that because right. cultures are all different they all have their own set of beliefs and, and values and stuff and it just something that is still being discussed and debated within medicine today and it will probably be, will be within Forever. our lifetime yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, it's it's just something everyone has their own unique perspectives so finalizing a way where this is the right way to do it and nothing else impossible. is impossible. Yeah, so. we have, it's a similar thing, it's called um, like client autonomy, personal yeah. autonomy, yeah. where okay, and this is, this is an interesting thing between social work and psychology, so okay. I'm going to dive into it real fast. Awesome. Psychology, you're allowed to give advice. You're allowed to say, don't do that, that's stupid. Okay. Or like, you should break up with them because they're toxic. Yeah. Social work, we can't. Really? We have to say, these are, this is what you're telling me. I'm gonna use all your resources, all your strengths, everything you've told me, and this is how you should move forward. Like, this is, wow. yeah, we can't say, this is what's best for you because we don't know what's best for you. And that's one of those things, it's the same thing with the doctor. Like, you can, you yeah. can say, you should get this surgery using all these scientific methods everything we're looking at right now you should get this surgery but if they don't want to get the surgery you can't just start cutting into them right yeah that's true that's very true wow yeah that's that's a huge similarity between the two yeah i mean there's just a lot more with the two like my bioethics class honestly taught me so much about like uh-huh. the internal side like outside of just like you know doing surgeries and treating diseases and stuff it's more of the empathetic Chill. conversations between Sorry. like no you're good <laughs> I don't know man's excited 
between the between the patients and the physician and stuff and like other parties that are involved it's it's a lot and i'd say that's probably like the thing that's the most emotionally draining aspect of medicine is those conversations and those ethics that are um, playing a part within it as well and i don't know i mean i feel like like from the points that you mentioned those are definitely something to pay attention this to. is yeah i was gonna say is that something like i doubt you guys really have to like worry about at first like when you're thinking like oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna save lives we've done exercises before when i'm mm, 18 19 where it's like hey you have fifty thousand dollars from this grant you can only save one person's life here are the 10 different case studies and we have to decide how that goes you get that's yeah yeah, you're welcome that was because that's something yeah you're welcome that was something because um like like we don't think about it you know like and I'm, I, I don't know how much like medicine, I mean, this bioethics class sounds really interesting, but like you didn't go into medicine thinking, oh, can't wait to have some ethical dilemmas today. Oh, Whereas that's yeah. like most of our work. Yeah, it really, like, it really is. It's, people see like, you know, they want to show off the glamorous side of medicine. So uh-huh. you can do these complex surgeries and you like, right. look like almost like a god compared to like for these patients and stuff. And they're like, you know, thank you so much for like saving my life and all that. And, that's yeah. why people are like, I'm going to help people, and I love science. I, I got to do this. It's not exactly the case. That's probably around 15 to 20% of what you're going to do. You're going to do a lot of paperwork, and you're going to do a lot of, like, insurance, like, claim. Oh, don't even give me something. I'm not <laughs> going to, because I'm going to go down the rabbit yeah, hole of yeah. insurance yeah, then. It's going to be bad. It's, it's, it's very bad, especially how it's turning out. Uh, yeah, um, anyway. And then there's conversations you have to have with, like, patients and stuff, and it's just, it's a lot to take a lot to bear on one person right and that's why recently medicine has been especially emphasizing the aspect of collaboration yeah and always always reaching out to your fellow doctors yeah buddy even for mental health like support for each other oh. there used to be a mental health stigma especially among the boomers within still medicine. is there, oh yeah there, there is but it, it's it's been winding down slowly which is a good good progress it has yeah but especially because mental health in physical health Doc, the rate of like doctors who are depressed and face suicidal ideation is insanely high, which again is ironic considering the brain and the body are directly connected. You can't have the one without the other. Exactly. Um, and residency suicide rates are are also extremely alarming in yeah. terms of like the percentages and stuff. And I forgot. Um, who runs? I forgot the organization that runs like all residency programs and okay. stuff. But the thing about them that I don't like is that they don't. They see these statistics and they don't do it. Uh-huh. They're like, if we can go through these legal loopholes and we'll be fine with it. We overwork them about eighty to hundred hours per week, and uh-huh. you know, as long as they. It's experience. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. they're learning. It's like every hour counts with medicine's the medicine. Yep, yep. And they do that, and they, we don't even. Sometimes residents don't even get paid minimally. Sometimes even low. Yeah. So it's like illegal in a way. Yeah. But of course, the organization runs through like these loopholes and stuff, and you know they still go through it and, and everything. And there's been a lot, a lot of protests. Yeah. Of protests. You see a lot of residents quit, mm-hmm. quit midway, and they're like, "We're we're not we're not tolerating this. We're not doing this." Especially there was a case in California that was doing that, um, 
and they were bringing out a lot of awareness on how much adversity residents have to deal with uh-huh. within the program and everything. So it's just yeah, a crazy time. Do they um? This is this is another overlap between psychology yeah, and medicine. Do you know anything about integrated care? Have you heard of that? Do I've, they teach that at all? It, okay. I don't know much about it. Well, I can I can talk I'd about love, that. I'd My love goodness to learn me. More about it, yeah. So, integrated care is the idea that all of your health mm-hmm. care is in the same spot. Okay. So, you go in, and this is one of the ways to destigmatize mental health. You go in, your dentist, your eye care, your primary care physician, your therapist, all in the same building. So that they, you can just go down the like go, to go down the hallway. You don't have to wait for a super long referral. Like, That's they, what everyone is. works. It's yeah, because you it's integrated. Everything is working together to make sure you're getting the proper care. Because who is who is to say that like your physical health is more important than your mental health is more important than your like your dentist is there too. Like like everything counts. <laughs> everyone is there. It all works on the same team yeah. to make sure you're taken care of. And so that's one of those things that like. Um, I'm completely blanking on their names, but we have one integrated care uh-huh. in Knoxville. Really? Um, yeah, it's it's the one we had to ignite the the tea ceremony at whatever. Um, oh, Cherokee that, Farms, oh, yes, Cherokee Farms. Yes, they do they do integrated okay, care. Okay. Um, I yeah, think they're ju- I think they're just dentistry, primary care, and counseling though. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's 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 important to me now that like physical health is also getting taken care of as well as your mental health um so you know i'll start spreading the word more to doctors i didn't know i thought y'all i feel like that'd be a great place to work because it's like you know everyone you just go down the line and you're like like, how you doing today i think it is yeah i I I feel like it'll it'll grow for sure like i didn't switch into this field like three years ago (laughs) like i don't know like i was was an architect oh I know, man. Oh. Um, all right. Last quick question before yeah, we course. do a, before we do a fire round. Okay. okay. All right, it works. Are there any like other psychological things or sociology or like things that you think you want to like ask me now that like other doctors like you wish you knew prior before? Because you, know, you you know you studied flashcards, wow. but yeah, like. Yeah. But like, is there a topic that you're like, this is so crazy, and I can elaborate on it? Oh man! Because if not, I can just ramble about like strength space real fast. <laughs> like, damn it! It was like, okay, like when I had to study for the psych and soch part for the soch, soch. Sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry, everyone. The sociology part. Serious. I mean, it was just, it was just a lot of like terms and definitions. Right. And I, I would talk to Patrick sometimes, but like. Hey man, you know about this? He's like, oh yeah, of course I know I've about this. I've been studying that for years. Yeah, give me a whole dissertation about it. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I'm learning more and more about about this. And I get like, sociology was probably the part that gave me the most like mind blown facts out of any section regarding the entire test. It was sociology. I was like, why, why is this not a requirement? Like, it's right. it's recommended for med schools, but it's not. That's a requirement. insane. And I feel to like me. it should be just from like the terms I learned, not right. even from like the class structure and everything. Physiology is so fucking important. Right. So important. Like, it makes everything make sense in a clear and concise way. And it makes, and it shows you, like, a whole different, like, branch of, like... Integrated. Yeah. Everything's connected. Phenomena. Yeah. Everything is connected. And and this is one of my favorite studies that I can just talk about while while you're chilling. I I would love to listen to this. Are you aware of, like, the zip code study? The zip code study? Yeah. 
based on your zip code, like they can predict your lifespan based off just your birthday and zip code you're born into, which is, you know, (laughs) you can talk about social economic status. You can talk about the cycle poverty. You can talk about the lack of access to medicine. You can talk about the lack of access to healthy food and food deserts and all that kind of stuff. Health disparities. All of that can be predicted. Like, within I, I think I think they were saying um, the study that they found was like one street apart was a seven year difference between people av- on average because your zip code is also your property tax which goes into which public schools you're going into which goes into what jobs you can get it's all connected buddy wow. sociology string theory what but yeah that's just one thing that like i wish doctors knew yes. because they have hospitals um and i remember oh which uh i think like some like a senator got shot in the 60s and Maybe maybe I'm capping. Probably capping. I don't think it was the center. Either way, a politician got like shot mm-hmm. and they went to the, the local hospital, but it was since it was still segregated, they were like, You don't wanna be here, like like we can't probably save you, like you have to keep driving. Oh, and then the politician unreal. was like the politician's like, Wait, so everyone who gets like sick in your area is just like dying? And they were like, Yeah, like we don't get funding, like thanks for Jim Crow, bud, you know, and then he was like, uh, maybe I should change that, yeah, you know. Um oh that's another yeah. That's another thing for you. Um, oh wow. I can go down the rabbit hole all day. I can bring you back for another episode if we need to. This is you know this is insane to me because I just want to imagine what society's like in a hundred years from now. Let's Hopefully better. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And it just shows like even though we say oh this Jim Crow laws was a long time not really it wasn't even that long. Like, no. It wasn't and like. Your grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's insane, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'll put, like, the, the black and white pictures, like, covers for the photos. Dog, that was, like, you could, like, ask your grandma, like, hey, what'd you do? And she was like, oh, I remember that. Like, oh. like I was 20. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. All right. Well, well, I'll be. All right. Peter. Yes. Quick fire round. Okay. How you feeling here? Yeah? I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Okay. All right. These Very ones will be faster. Good. We're going to wrap up. Thank you again oh, yes, for being on this. Of course. Um, of course. So, quick fire. Yes. You're going into dermatology. Yes. Sun lotion, sunscreen, all that kind of stuff. Yes. How important is it actually? Extremely important. Oh, I'm so screwed. Oh, I'm so screwed. Every every dermatologist that is in practice will use some sort of sun lotion of some sort to take care of their skin, regardless of what it is. People are like, oh, if I use this lotion, it will break me out. I can't find the perfect product for you. It's more of consistency with the product uh-huh. a lot of people just give it up after they see acne build up but actually the acne is just that un- like that um, dirt essentially that's under the skin that being exfoliated out okay and then after that you have new skin being replenished with lotion and stuff and a lot of people just don't pay attention to that and they give them that um, but yes that's it that's okay that's what I was okay that's that's ironic to talk about acne because I was about to ask <laughs> What, like how much water should you be, be drinking for clear skin, or is that placebo? Is that not actually... No, you should drink about 1.5 gallons per day. 1.5 gallons? Yeah. 1.5 gallons? Six quarts? <laughs> Mr. G? <laughs> I don't even drink that much. I'll be honest with you, I don't drink that much. 
Yeah. Well, I know you be drinking, <laughs> not water. I get, I get dehydrated, and I should be hydrated. <laughs> okay, so then here's the thing. This is gonna show. This is gonna show my northern here. Yeah. All right. When you drink pop. For you in the South, you drink Coke or yes. soda, whatever, what? Yeah. You drink that. <laughs> yes. That dehydrates you more, correct? Or any caffeine. Like, don't you need to double up water after that, or is that just cap? Um, like, theoretically, like, I don't know the actual, like, statement of it. Caffeine does increase ATP hydrolysis, which needs water. Jinkies. And water is obviously, a, like, a necessary component just to produce energy. And right. caffeine increases energy, therefore you should have more water. System. Okay, yeah. because you're you're burning through it faster than yeah, okay. It's like water reserves being burned fast. Oh, like okay. Well, I'll be. All right, you talked about string theory earlier. Oh God. We're also sitting out here. The moon is looking beautiful. I you got it. No, well, me. you know I do, but that's all right. I was gonna say I, I, I was gonna ask if you had like your favorite like astronomy fact or like oh man like I know you love Interstellar. Yes, there's a planet 42 light years away from the Earth. That is the darkest planet in the entire universe. What do you mean by that? The darkest planet? No reflection of sunlight. On We're sure this is not so a black hole? It's, it's not. It's round. It's literally round. And you, like, we have, like, pictures of it. You can search it up. Like, it's literally pictures of, like, this. It's, like, close to... The distance from Mercury to the sun is the distance of that planet to its neighboring star. Oh, oh, so like, it's just... It's, it's in the shadow, it's yeah. And it's a little, it has a little dim red glow. Okay. The heat is being absorbed. Yeah. So it's just, like... Absolute wow, man, and it's so dark in there. It's like, I'm sure it's not just burnt. Like, oh, it might, I, it it might, might just be, be burnt. Like, I don't know. That's like, just from what I've seen, it's just like, oh yeah, this darkest planet in in the uh, in the universe. In terms of mass and composition, it's not getting deteriorated away. So it's chill. Number two, go Vols. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah, that would be my astronomy fact. Okay. Yeah. All right. I the name of it. I wish I knew. It's all right. Well, I'll get some. I'll get a NASA person on here, and yes. I'll, I'll oh, ask. Ben That'd be fam? so cool. Ben Fam. Ben Fam. You I know could. Ben fam? I know. I love Ben Fam. He worked with NASA over the summer. What? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll get yeah. Ben on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everyone, be ready for that season. <laughs> season. It'll probably be season three, season four, whatever. <laughs> all right. All right. Peter, though. Yes. Yes. That is all I got oh, for yes. the questions. Oh. I want to thank you deeply. Oh for this episode I want to thank you for giving your insight um, if we had to summarize uh, especially since it's called actually like I have to now work that into <laughs> how I'm going to close up here mind and body directly connected yep. always yep. at least from my bias no yep. it, it's true um, dermatology doctors very important stuff hard work but is very important especially from someone with your background who's looking to increase just cultural importance yeah. and cultural competency yeah. across medicine because yeah. right now there are huge disparities there is. um so i want to thank you for everything you do i want to thank Appreciate you for you being one of my good friends yes, anything you got to plug anything you want to shout out before we head out uh i'd like to shout out to the ignite crew and every shout and out the ignite program that's helped me out the past two years shout out to my boy patty yes sir love him, love him to death. yes sir like the past what is it two years now it's been a while it's been a little bit but i've known patrick's been one hell of a ride very exhilarating and i i enjoy every moment wait i've been one wait a second (laughs) oh no no i'm just like dude i mean patrick have gotten so close it's like (laughs) close that bond it's it's unreal and uh yeah i'd just like to thank you man thank you for putting me on the podcast like i never thought i'd be on here until today thank you well 
That's what it's actually like being dermatologist, <laughs> taking the MCAT. Yes, sir. That's what it's actually like being Peter Gerges. Yep. Peter Giggles. <laughs> Mr. Giggles out. All right. Thank you all so much. Have a good day and live your best lives.